So I'm an old British dude with big fuck off lips and I rock and roll all day long. I dance funny and some people think I dated and married a really pretty lady back in the day. Probably have another pretty lady now. <laughs> you know who I am? Mm, I'm going to say Mick Jagger. You're supposed to say I know and then I say let's <laughs> roll the intro. So <laughs> God damn it, let's roll the intro. In a world where podcast is spelt with two T's, unlikely heroes, Jade and MJK, come together to talk about stuff and try to get sponsors for their weekly show. This is Not Another Podcast. Yeah, welcome to season seven, episode five of another podcast. V sponsor us. <laughs> sponsored, not sponsored. Sorry, not sorry. By V. You got the traditional V there too. Yeah, because living the dream. Didn't have enough of my delicious raspberry lemonade. Raspberry. So they're, they're, I've got three packs of them, but I'm mowing through these because you know they're still good. They're just oh, like the yeah. preferred. It's like when you have a nice steak dinner, you eat the veg first and you reward yourself. Save the best to last. And we won't save it to last, but our feature for this week's episode, or <laughs> week's episode, for this latest episode is the MCU's Black Widow. And my, I said it to my friend Matt the other day and he started singing that Iggy Azalea Rita Ora uh, Black Widow song where it sounds like you're saying, Black Little Baby. <laughs> but it's actually Black Widow Baby. If you listen to the song oh, back, all right. you can hear from that point on is Black Little Baby. So That's, that's fun when you think <laughs> lyrics are something, but they're completely something else. A hundred percent. We should do, do like a whole yeah, segment on that yeah, at one point. We should find it. But for now, yeah, let's, 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 we won't. Let's, let's get into it. lately mjk totally righteous that always gets me in the mood to tell you what i've been watching oh, yeah. shit not much <laughs> for real uh the only brand newsy thing that i've been watching newsy. is uh they've been weekly uh releasing new episodes of rick and morty oh yes i heard that i heard yeah. um tim and hedge overheard them talking about it like have you seen this yet? have you seen it it's been pretty good apparently I've seen the, the first three episodes of it, and it has been good, mm. but I haven't had too many laugh-out-loud moments, but okay. in the intro of the show, um, there's always this carnage going on, so they're getting chased by space monsters, right. they're shooting up stuff, they're getting sucked into massive tubes, there's all this carnage and shit, and then right at the end of the opening credits, there's just little Morty on uh, a golf course on the putting green with a bunch of people watching him, and he hits a putt and then waves at everybody. And that finishes after all the carnage and stuff. And uh, for some reason, that just gets me every time. I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's one of like the great many adventures they get on. He just hits a part on a putting green where there's an audience. But um, yeah, that hasn't always been a Netflix only <clears throat> show, right? Uh, it's it's a Adult Swim on Cartoon Network uh -huh. or whatever it is they're with. Um, if we have fans that actually know, they're gonna they're gonna ream me over there. Rage. But um, they release within the same day or something that they release in the US and come up episodically on the Netflix. Right. Yeah. How many seasons are there of that? They're up to five, but they've been running since like 2014 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
so big gaps in between big old motherfucking gaps oh yeah anything else not really oh wow <laughs> i've just been re you know how i told you i can't remember if i said this on air or off air mm-hmm. about my plan for the wire oh you've said your plan yep okay 100 so because i was like what i watched i haven't watched season five yet oh but i'm on my second run of three and four and i'm halfway through season four already so, oh damn and i'm gonna space out season five mm-hmm. when i say space out it's probably gonna be an episode a night for a week or whatever because mm-hmm. there's only 10 episodes in the final season Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting to that. So that's been most of my time whenever I've been watching telly. And then, of course, AFL football. How how has it been in season three and four? Season, the Wire. <clears throat> season three was really, really good. Like season one was still better. But I think season four has been my favorite mm. season so far. Because it's kind of like all of the shit that went down in the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. They've put away all the big kingpins. And now this young dude's coming up. Mm-hmm. Causing all kinds of havoc. And his number two, his lieutenant, a dude by the name of Chris, is just hard as nails. I love him. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's almost got, if Stranger Things and this came out at the same time, I'd mm. say they're trying to capitalize on Stranger Things because <laughs> there's a bunch of corner boys who are like in eighth grade oh. and there's four of them that you kind of like, you're following their story as well. So it's, it's in that way, seeing how a, the school system are either neglecting him or trying to help him. Mm. And also seeing how the kingpins are trying to recruit young blood. Jeez. Yeah. Which is realistic. Yes. It's for happening out there. Yeah. Which is something we noted about the show is that it's quite realistic in terms of its pace and timing as well of getting a warrant or yes. working out the everything about the investigation. It's so. not like episodic, say, for example, in The Rookie, they'd get the wire, they'd make the arrest, all that in the one episode where this could be like an entire season worth of mm. stuff. Yeah, so that's been keeping me busy. And of course, my podcast, Talking Sopranos. Yeah. Been listening to Flagrant 2 with Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh. Bad Friends with Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee. And that's pretty much just been keeping me busy. Yeah, nice. What's wrong with your lip, bitch? Uh, <laughs> I think I was, it was bleeding, but it's not anymore. So we're, we're all G in in the hood. Oh, Are you going to ask me what I was saying? I was thinking, hold on, let me. Uh, let me. Oh, mm. delish. Uh, You're hydrated now for me to speak. That makes sense. <clears throat> no, no, I need the energy because that was the, me drinking the V to ask you. <laughs> and then also to live through it because you got a lot of energy, girl. So, yeah. Jadis, uh, what have you been doing like to fire up for this season seven, episode five? five. We're in the episode five? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Man, this season's dragging. It's dragging along. <laughs> dragging along. It is not. It's going, going swell. Um, and thank you to everyone who has been listening. As of late, we're up to 1,856 downloads. Not that I'm counting or anything. And now our little mini goal for the next couple of months is to get to 2,000 downloads. So Jade wants a 2K, y'all. Get her to 2K. Get me my 2K. Right. It has been one week of school holidays. I've got one week left. So I've got a decent list. As I said to you before, I did most of this, half of it, before the holidays had even started. And all without really trying. But anyway, um, I watched a movie called Chaos Walking um, from this year. Chaos and it Walking. has Thomas Holland... Thomas Holland. Thomas eh? Holland. Tom Holland and ah oh, Daisy, whatever her name is, the young chick from the latest Star Wars franchise, the English chick. Oh yeah, Daisy, whatever. Yeah, Daisy, whatever. Um, who reminds me of Kira Knightley every time. She's got that awkward smile. Yeah, but the, yeah. the voice is so exact. I don't, I don't remember that Star Wars movie, so I can't remember what she. Oh, I've like. just watched like her on Graham Norton and stuff mm. like that before, and I'm like, oh my god, if I had my eyes closed, I would have guessed it was Kira Knightley they- speaking. Did they versa. do like um, a sit down something together? Like, you know how GQ, is it GQ oh. or whatever? 
They do that actors on actors or something. Yeah, where they like. Not that I'm aware of, but okay. I'd be keen to watch it if they have. I think I was sitting there looking at them and going, both these pictures are in Star Wars and, and they kind of look as similars. <laughs> similars. <laughs> but that's based on the Chaos Walking series, like the book trilogy. I've read the first book, The Knife of Never Letting Go, um, lent to me my, by Phoebe. Um, but man, this was a terrible film. It just doesn't translate <laughs> the same way because the whole idea is they can hear each other's thoughts. But instead of just hearing it on the screen, they were visualizing it as well with like purple cl- um, powder clouds around their head to sort of show I that they were speaking. I think I saw the trailer for it because it ain't like a forest or something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's only men in this one area. They've killed all the women. Um, they can hear each other's thoughts. Wait, um, they and killed then, all the women. Yeah. Well, these men. Don't all like the men. Them. There's never, never any women there, and you find out later in the book, or in this case, the movie, that the men there actually killed them because they couldn't hear the women's thoughts, and that. You know, disturbed them? Correct. Okay. It scared them. Anyway, it was pretty bad, but I had to check it out because I've read the book and told Phoebe not to even bother with it because it's like four or five on IMDb. Um, season two of Batwoman finished and was really cool because they introduced Nightwing through Luke Fox and they have dropped some Easter eggs that make it look like they might have their own penguin and they might bring back – well, not bring back, but they might – reincarnate if you will poison ivy so i'm very intrigued to see what they do with that um the kardashians had their series finale season 20 was the last that they've filmed and then they had like a reunion special more recently so i I don't have to keep up with the kardashians anymore i hope they're still taking care of oj simpson he's the reason they're famous (laughs) and then i finished the um, australian series of big brother because i was watching that Knowing oh, Benno, as in it finished airing. They've had a couple of weeks ago, and um, I already forget the name of the dude that won because pretty much put out my memory. Since you know I what? Finished. This is great because this is how much I it exactly drove me nuts that it was on. Oh, and it was on for so long, and because I'm like, oh my god, just get to it. The commercials between AFL, it just drives me nuts. Oh yeah, of course. Now Same my channel. mind's getting poisoned with Farmer fucking, wants a wife. Yeah. <laughs> And, it just drives, and I'm not watching that. It drives me up the fucking wall because it's like the biggest drama that Farmer has a wife has ever seen. <laughs> it's like you say that every fucking week, you fucking dicks. Probably every season too. But yeah, no, I haven't watched that. But yeah, finish that. Um, the Bold Type, which I was updating every week on Stan, had its season five finale and it's actually the series finale as well. So um, it was only six episodes because of bloody COVID. So it was always going to be their last season, but they only released or produced um, six episodes and now that's all finished. So that was a good ending. I finished season one of Shit's Creek. Ah, oh, you've rolling through that, huh? Yeah. Have How you watched it? it? I watched like the first few episodes a long time ago yeah, and right. with every intention to keep watching. Yeah. But just didn't for some reason. Well, a lot of people agree that the first season's the hardest to get through, to persevere, and it just gets better and better. So I'm holding on to that. Because so. even production-wise, it's rough, right? Yeah. Especially because they're just in this hotel, motel, holiday inn in the slums, basically. It's not much to look at. Um, so, yeah, I've been told to keep going with that. So I'll slowly chip away at it. I'm not in a rush. I'm not obsessed with it. But I'll, it'll probably and hopefully get better. Um, I unfortunately, fortunately, watched Too Hot to Handle Season 2. <laughs> You're cooked, eh? There's something seriously wrong oh, with you. Oh, dear. Even all Year 9 students were watching that show. And it's like pretty frisky. Um, yeah, year nines are the horniest <laughs> of you know high school kids. 
So anyway, I got that out of the way. And then it's still up on my continue watching list because when I watched season one, I deleted it from my viewing activity just so it didn't come up with reminders for new apps because um, it was just annoying me. But thinks that I haven't watched season one, so it's there, continue watching. And I can't log in to my account for some reason. It doesn't recognize my password, even though I'm logged in to my PS4 for the app to watch every show every week. So I'm not really sure why, but I can't get rid of it. So I have to persevere and have two hot handles still sitting there you need on my call, currently watching list. You need to call Menulog or something. <laughs> get them to figure it out. Menulog, help me. Um, I played Doom, the um, PS4 remake from 2016. So Conan was reviewing it on Clueless Gamer. I'm like, I'm going to go get that game. And it was like 20 bucks, $25 on the PSN store. It seems to inspire a lot of yeah, players. Yeah, I don't know. Because then you actually see a bit more of the game than just the trailer. You're actually seeing the gameplay and... Um, obviously the fun bits and his reaction to it kind of sells yeah, it. Yeah, because he's always trying to find nude women and stuff. Exactly, exactly. And um, I just figured it'd be almost like a hack and slash. You're just going around with a gun, get up-leveling and all that sort of stuff. And it was a pretty quick play, pretty freaky at times, lots of big monsters. So it's actually a lot of fun. So I finished that probably in the week or two. Um, I watched The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt on Amazon Prime. So it's I a brand that, new release. I heard that was terrible. How was it? Um, it was all right. I actually preferred the last third of the film where they go to try and, you know, they basically believe they've located the source of where the aliens are coming from. So Chris Pratt and a small team go out to sort of take them down to stop them from ever existing in the future. And that part felt like alien slash aliens, mm-hmm. that sort of vibe. And I'm like, oh, I can get down with this classic sci-fi then action component. Um, but I did tune out in the middle there, even though As it was... As you do. Yeah, with the action sequences. Um, I don't was, know. It's kind of what you expect. Was there anyone else in it besides Chris Pratt? Um, Yvonne Strahovski, the girl that was in Chuck. She's Australian. She's in Handmaid's Tale. Um, oh, the black also actor from fame. Veep. Can't remember his name. Some comedian chick that I've seen before, but don't know her name. <laughs> very, very minor character. Um, no. Was Felicity Jones in it? <laughs> nope. I was just seeing we were talking about Star Wars people before. <laughs> I really like her. She's no Felicity right. Jones. I don't know. It was. It had some good action sequences. Um, the twist that was in it as well was a bit anticlimactic. J.K. Simmons was in it. Oh, yeah. Sam Richardson. That's, um, the, I'm assuming, the... The guy from Veep. Edwin Hodge, Aldous Hodge's brother. He is. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. It's just random. Um, I don't know who you're talking about, comedian broad, unless... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, and Betty Gilpin. How do you forget? Yeah, Betty Gilpin. That's his wife, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm always surprised about how young that woman is. She's our age. Is she really? She's been around forever. So yeah, I just assume so you assume she's, she's like five years older at least. <clears throat> um, and then went to Matt and Alice's Sunday night because, you know, we didn't have school the next day. We went with the intention of watching Harry Potter, but then Jack and Bo came around. So we watched Space Jam, the original, because um, Bo hadn't seen it before and we knew we were going to go see the sequel. And then once the kids left, we watched Harry Potter 5, Order of the Phoenix. So we've only got the few to go. Then I watched the latest Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat. The latest one. They don't yeah. have that song in it. 2021. No, they don't. No. They kind of have the theme music. Shut up, Jade. They do. <laughs> they do, don't they? Right at the end. They build up to it. They never use, overuse it. I remember. I left. But you did not. No, I did. Oh. <laughs> no, they do play a little bit of it right towards the end of the well, film. Tell me what you liked about it. Um, and did, did you notice how obvious it was that they're in South Australia in certain parts? 
No, I didn't pick up on the oh. South Australianness of it all. Or when they were like in that trailer and mm. just looking at the fencing and stuff and the light posts. So I was like, really? I was, I like, was not so looking at that much detail, but <clears throat> I do remember it being recorded there. And at a couple of points, going, do I recognise this space or not? And then realising, no, nah, I don't, and just sort of forgetting about it and getting on with it. I really liked the stuff that was dated back way back when, and then when. Sub Zero came in and did like the whole rain down ice shreds and shit. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And like when he sort of cuts him, and the blood spurts out, and he freezes it immediately, and then uses it as a dagger to stab him. Like, yeah. damn, that's a cool effect, a cool trick for one, but a cool special effect. So, um, oh, not amazing, but it is what it is. Some cool fight scenes. And like I said on the podcast, it mm. kind of just felt like you know table setting for an eventual sequel. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So because there wasn't like an abundance of Mortal Kombat characters. No, not at all. There was yeah, and the ridiculousness of the the one person who didn't have powers in Sonya Blade killing people with powers. <laughs> yeah, a bit dodge. Um, younger was that series I've been watching. Oh all yeah, year? the fifty year old who's like twenty seven. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, season seven was its last ever season, and um, it finished up in June, and I finished it about a week ago. Mm. So. It's like got a 5.4 rating for the last app because she doesn't end up with either of the dudes. I'm like, what's wrong with that? That's not a bad thing. Um, so it felt a bit rushed because like there are only 22 minute episodes, 30 minute episodes. So you, every scene's pretty brief as it is for the whole, but to sort of like conclude a bunch of storylines and then sort of hint at, okay, these are where the characters are going to go next so that you can envision that for yourself without the series actually returning. Um, it felt rushed, but otherwise happy ending. So win-win. I watched um, Late Night from 2019, which is the Emma Thompson um, series where she's obviously a late night host in America. She's the only woman and she's um, on the way out. She's losing audiences. She's not as appealing anymore. She's not relevant anymore. And so she has to – so she hires – what's her name? Mandy Carling? Mandy um, – the Indian actress, comedian – Oh, Mindy. Mindy. Mindy, that's it. I don't know it. her last name, but I know yeah. her last name. Um, she, actually wrote, she actually wrote the script and wrote it specifically for Emma Thompson. I actually got really into it. I really liked it because it was that late night world of them writing the jokes and the monologues. It was a lot of them in the office. It was a very sexist environment because she just had all male writers. She's like, all right, get me a token. She's literally just said, get me a token female just so that we look better and maybe can have more relevancy. Um and yeah, I actually found it really quite intriguing to see that behind the scenes aspect of late night talk shows. And she gets like Seth Myers is in there and reference to other late night people like Fallon, etc. <clears throat> um, because it's obviously only a couple of years old. So yeah, and then that same night I watched Fear you said Street. It was a movie. It's a movie, yeah. With yeah. Emma Thompson. Yeah, I went to watch it two years ago when it came <clears throat> out. I got it on the download and the audio fucked up. Of and I it did. Didn't go back to it. Didn't re-download. I'm like, oh, I'll worry about it later. <laughs> Never did. Emma Thompson, of course, Tessa Thompson's mom. <laughs> Not at all. Um, and then it was in the top ten on Netflix. I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna watch that now. And then that same night, I watched Fear Street Part One, 1994. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the movie trilogy based on the R.L. Stein series, and mm-hmm. I've actually got a couple of those books at home. Um, so it was bit, that was such fun watch the 1994 one because of the music. Oh, like righteous. they really just ha- and like that's what obviously someone said. Like the, the 90s, soundtrack was balls to the walls. Good. Balls to the walls, and it's like you're like, oh, that's reference to Scream. Oh, that's reference to Halloween. Like you know that Drew Barrymore slow mo run and the 
and Ghostface comes up behind her yeah. and stabs her in front. That's they have good. a like shot on shot of that, and they kill their biggest star within it. So Ma- Maya Hawk, who's Billy Hawk, not Billy Hawk, um, Ethan Hawk, and Uma Thurman's daughter. Yeah, I know. Uh, and she's in Stranger Things. She's like the Small opening role act. In, uh, yeah. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yes, yes. Good looking young woman. Looks so much like her mummy and daddy at the 100%. same time. It's, it's really weird. So she's the actress in the opening scenes and then she gets pew, killed, which you're not expecting. So that was a nod to Scream as so, well. Uh, spoiler alert. She uh, did. After the fact. <laughs> but the um, 90s setting, 90s clothing, the 90s tech, like the guy in a chat room. I was just having a good laugh. Like, oh my God, that was us. ASL, age, sex, location. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Typing all that crap in. Um, and then, you know, I haven't watched like a proper serious horror in quite a while. I don't watch them very often. So this is what it was, but obviously teenage audience and slightly supernatural vibes because you've got all of these serial killers um, coming back to life uh, to kill people. And it links into two other movies, including... Part 2, 1978, which I also watched. And then this Friday will be 1666, where it all starts, because obviously that's at the time of Witches in Salem, and that's the catalyst for everything that happens afterwards. So it's weird because the trilogy is actually working backwards, backwards, and we're like, how is it going to piece it all together? So that's going to be interesting to see. I've enjoyed that. Part 1 was better than Part 2, I think because of the 90s as opposed to the 70s. 70s one was set on like a... It was that set at Camp Nightwing, which is, you know, so those American Friday summer camps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> so it just those little nods to other horrors has been kind of cool to pick up on, like Easter eggs in a way. So did you wet your knickers watching them? Uh, well, you know, because you were scared. scared. They were actually pretty scared. They had an obvious, like they were overdoing on purpose the jump scares because that's that genre and that time. Um, yeah, there was definitely some scary moments within that. Like, I don't need to see that. So and pretty, you, and very violent. Like because it's teenagers, you think it's a younger audience, but it's quite graphic. It'd have to be, ma. So there was a little tinkle. You'd, yeah, little, a little okay. pee just came out. Yeah, good for you. Black Widow. We're <laughs> going to be talking about that soon. <clears throat> Space Jam: New Legacy. When saw that with the kiddos. So what? How was it? Don't it, need to know. It was all right. Not brilliant. Not like the, very different to the original. I like that it actually, you know, a bit tongue in cheek points that like. LeBron's going, I need this, I need this. And Bugs Bunny's like, so what you're saying is you need a team of us to help defeat this by, hmm, sounds really familiar. <laughs> like they're actually poking fun at it. Obviously the graphics and all of that are really quite different. And there's one point where they converted from, let's say, 2D to 3D animation. But the storyline's really quite different, which I liked. I'm like, we weren't getting a repeat of the same thing, except for the fact they're playing basketball to defeat the bad guy, which is Don Cheadle. Um, it was just more obviously a modern that modern setting, technology, etc. Did it have a bitch and soundtrack like the original? No, Space I don't remember a lot of music in it at all. There's definitely a couple of songs early on. They do the same sort of intro, so that montage of LeBron highlights um, with a funky song. But so is it? Come on, get up! It's time to slam now. I don't think that was the song. There was another version of one of the originals, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but it was actually really, really intertextual, which means that there's a lot, anything Warner Brothers, any film or TV show that was Warner Brothers, it's da- guaranteed to be referenced through dialogue or referenced with characters from that environment in the setting. So do they talk about Batman? 100%. They go to Gotham. 
No shit. He wants, so LeBron goes, there's a bit where LeBron is a cartoon as well. That's pretty cool. I was just being <coughs> cheeky, but I go to They're like, right, we need the best team. Warner Brothers, who can we get? Let's get the dragons from Game of Thrones. Let's go Batman and Superman, like really, really strong alien. Why wouldn't we have him on our team? Because he doesn't even want the Looney Tunes. Yeah, like, why would you? La- exactly. They're the <laughs> last on his list. So he's writing up. He's like, got to recruit this. So it's them going around the war- all the Warner Brothers worlds to recruit these players. And there's like Batgirl, Batman and Superman and like an evil Spider-Man. But all of the, some of those characters are like Daffy Duck and Sylvester Stallone trying to be like the bad guy to get attention. Sylvester? Sylvester Stallone, did I? What? Oh no, (laughs) I always do that. Um, And then I'm like, wow, what? They go and see Batman and Superman. How dare they not have Wonder Woman? Next minute, there goes this whole fucking sequence from Wonder Woman on Themyscira and Lola, the bunny, is there. She's basically the little girl in 1984, like young Diana, running around this um, course trying to become and trying to become a warrior. <laughs> so there's a huge Wonder Woman sequence and a Wonder Woman cartoon character who looks awesome. And then he's on Game of Thrones for a little bit. And then when they're playing the basketball game, they basically recruit all these characters from all the worlds and they are the spectators. So there's just so much cosplay from all of these Warner Brothers movies. It's really, really intertextual. So that was a really fun montage to see him going into all these other worlds and all these characters you weren't expecting in it. You're just and expecting seen, LeBron and Looney Tunes. Seeing you're a whore for Wonder Woman yeah. too. Well, I'm so excited. Well done to whoever was in charge of the uh, Space Jam marketing team to mm. not spoil that for the audience. Oh, 100%. None of that's in there. So... That was definitely a nice surprise. Um, and then I watched two other movies, Safety Not Guaranteed, which was Aubrey Plaza and is it Nick Johnson. Is that his? No, not uh, Jake Johnson or Johansson from New Girl. Oh, yeah, it's just Johnson. Yeah. It is Johnson. Yeah. Um, him and Aubrey Plaza. respond. No, they're not love interests, which is oh. interesting, but they respond to an ad I'm of a guy. Like so bummed out for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, man. This is from 2012, and they respond to an ad in a paper because they're both journalists. Um, of this guy asking for someone to travel back in time with him. So they want to go see the legitimacy of this and whether he's a nutbag and write a story on it. And it's really quite interesting because it really is kind of a sci-fi at the end of the day. And last night I watched Fundamentals of Caring, which was a movie from 2016 with Paul Rudd, where he becomes the caretaker for um, a teenager in a wheelchair and takes him on a road trip to get out because he obviously isn't living. He's just in his house all day, every day. Um, to go see the deepest pit, be reunited with his father, you know, have a bit of a love interest along the way, just get him out and living for a little bit. Sounds terrible. And uh, yeah, it's meant to be really like moving and inspiring and and funny because it's Paul Rudd and him just like abuse each other all the time. It's quite funny. And the teenager pretends to be dying all the time, (laughs) scare the crap out of him and just starts laughing. Um, But I didn't walk away from like, oh, so motivating. So inspired or crying or anything. I'm like, okay, time for bed. (laughs) Yeah, and you're a school teacher. Mm. You you should be able to relate to stuff like that. So obviously, they did a horrible job. Fuck you, ageless Paul Rudd. Trailers with a capital T is where we at That's right, right now. Trailers. <laughs> I watched a trailer yesterday called Queen Pins with Kristen Bell or Kirsten Bell. Jesus Christ! I always 
Kristen. <laughs> Kristen Bell and Vince Vaughn. And it's based on a true story of these two women who just become what essentially looks like millionaires. So Vince Vaughn's a woman? No. He's the investigator because they – coupons? They f- create fraudulent coupons to save like thousands and thousands of dollars and disperse it to mi- millions of people. Uh, maybe only thousands. And basically, yeah, it's um, – scheme these fake coupons in order to get ridiculous discounts all across America and become, as you would normally refer to them, as kingpins, hence the name queenpins. Based on a true story, and then Vince Vaughn comes in as the investigator, like, all right, what's going on here? How are they getting away with this? How can we prove that this is them, et cetera, et cetera? So it's meant to be a comedy, but based on a true story. So Kristen Bell's both of the ladies? Who's the other lady? Um, a black actress I've actually never seen before, so I have to look her up. I'll do that now while you talk oh, about Oh, yeah. And then a second one I watched this morning was called Invasion. And a lot of the comments under the YouTube were quite accurate because it's going, oh, my God, a trailer that doesn't give away the entire movie because it was snapshots of what's obviously a sci-fi film and then just based on kind of what's happening and the name, I'm thinking it's an alien invasion in the world trying to fight for its planet. But you really don't know because it doesn't give away very much. Kirby Howe Baptiste is the Okay, is the okay. What has she been in previously? She's been in Barry, Killing Eve. Oh. Eleanor Felton she played in that, if that helps. Oh, I think she was that season one um, assistant, yeah. Investigator. Uh, the Good Place, Veronica Mars. Okay, okay. Oh, there's a little Cruella, tie in there. Hacks. Okay. Um, love that horrible Netflix show. Oh, okay. The only thing I've seen of that is Killing <clears throat> Eve, and I think I know who she is now. Okay. Cool name, though. Yeah, very cool name. Baptiste. So, of those, I'll I'll probably eventually watch both of those at some point. They're both out a little bit later this year. But then you and I just watched the Marvel Studios What If Disney Plus August 11 trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. We did. And I didn't realize it has all of these characters we already know in it. How did you know? I had no idea. I think because so it's a, a right. cartoon. I just thought, ah, it's all these new characters. Jade Marie, cartoon. What do you expect from a title of what if dot, oh, dot, dot, question mark? Didn't even think, like, didn't even look into it. We spoke about it, though. Have right? we? Yes. Where we got the yeah, what if. Because yeah, I said this is the only mm. Disney series oh, show that you way watch. back when that I'd be interested in because yeah. they're going to, you know. And it already blew my mind because mm. you've got, like, uh, T'Challa is Star-Lord. You've got... Captain England, I guess, or whatever that yeah, Agent, Agent Carter is going to be. Looks like Captain America meets Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just it looks very interesting. Yeah, all of these characters. What if what could have happened? You know, all of our classics: Iron Man, Black Widow, Thor, Hulk. They're all in Killmonger, it. Killmonger, Killmonger, yeah. saving Stark like from getting a hole blown in his chest. It's like wow, the um, animation looked really, really cool. I like the look of it. It looks badass. And it's basically sure. endless storylines. Like Literally, you could do Almost that. like a comic. Yeah. No, you could have that series going every day for the rest of time and you'd, you'd have something new, I guess. Will it count? It's it's not really canon then, is it? No. Because it's but fictionalized ideas. Address the fact that there's like multiple timelines and shit now, which is great. So, cool. Yeah. So you can take it for what it is and go, all right, well, that's happening just somewhere else. Mm. Now that looks really and cool. The fact I'm that it's animated again, it's you can just do whatever you want, however. Correct. You yeah, it's going to be interesting because we expect there to be that little bit of humor, all those nice, cool, fun action sequences, but all of these characters that obviously there's Black Widow and Iron Man, they they're no longer in the MCU because they've died. So to have them back in some way is cool. Here's something that I'd like to query you on. Mm. 
Young Chadwick. Yes. How the hell are they going to be doing the next Black Panther movie? Yeah, what, I don't know. Wakanda I've been thinking about that because they've started filming, I believe. Because uh. um, the last rumor was that the sister will take the mantle, but I'm not sure. Maybe Killmonger good. I don't know. Is he bad? Is he dead? I can't remember. Because I love that that movie should have been called like Black Panther Killmonger that first one because that was the mm. most like the best part of the story. That for t- me, personally. tension between those two. <clears throat> well, just his like feeling of betrayal and mm. you know the the you know the declaration to the throne and mm-hmm. his ruthlessness and all that kind of stuff where you've kind of got like laid back. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, I'm dead. And there he is there helping Tony Stark in What Ifs. And that's going to be cool to see. Um, so, yeah, they were the trailers that I've watched. And uh, look forward to What If, probably the most out of all of them. Yeah, I've already forgotten the first you were talking about. What is it, Vince Vaughn's a woman again? <laughs> I a lot of questions jay that's right that noise of the dexter means it's the weekly topic <laughs> and it is of course black video <laughs> black little baby <laughs> anyway ask me your first question no, for, just, imagine that the whole thing is you're like interview style question answer question answer to review this film i'd go broadcaster just like no interest whatsoever <laughs> pretending like you know cause <laughs> you know how when they're like oh so it was such a fun time oh, i watched it last night oh it when they say yeah i so saw it great. it was great it's pump bit, and gas yeah 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 then that's what i'd do i'll be like oh you look great today by the way thank you yeah so i don't know why i'm talking like that but yeah anyway yeah, you're the one that's supposed <laughs> to you know come across like oh thanks anyway how was it black widow finally have first and only <laughs> solo film lots of debate about the fact that this should have come out Six much much earlier in fact before end games what a lot of people were saying instead of or at least before captain marvel which really would have set up end game a bit more um because obviously if you don't already know this film is set between civil war and infinity war so how does Civil War end in terms of Black Widow. Uh, she, she's kind of gone rogue. She's off the grid. Her and Steve Rogers are on the run. They're if you, posse, you know what I'm saying? If you remember Civil War, he does, whether you remember at home. Obviously, he Natasha him. Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, is on the side of Iron Man against Captain Marvel's team. But at the end there, she attacks the King of Wakanda, Black Panther, in order for Steve and his team to escape. And she says some very off-color remarks, gets very homophobic. <laughs> It's very awkward. Don't ruin it. <laughs> okay, sorry. So she lets, she basically stops one of her own teammates to let the cap go. Then come the end of Civil War, um, Steve Rogers releases the likes of Ant-Man, um, the Falcon, etc. Hawkeye. Hawkeye from prison. Um, and then obviously cut to Infinity War. They're all sort of reunited in one way or another to take on the big bad. Except for the last two we just talked about because Ant-Man's, you know, on house Ant-Man arrest. Ant-Man is house, res- uh, house arrest, and exactly. And is on his, like, his reserve with his wife. Yes, that's right, yeah. Which is alluded to at start of Endgame, is that yeah. right? Yeah. And I said, if we go back on it, I said I know exactly what is going to start off that film. And that did happen. His family gets... Mm, blipped into dust blipped yeah and then he goes he goes mad dog gets a silly haircut gets tatted up 
Anyway, Black Widow. Yeah, it's just important to have that context of like, oh, it's set between these two films. She's on the run. People are chasing her down. She's on the move. Does so, Clint make an appearance in this movie? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, technically it does in the form of backstory and a photograph. So I'll get okay. to that. Yeah. But um, she's on the run. She's... <laughs> no. We're trying to now backfill, which is what I liked about the story. We're actually going in between into a timeline we're already quite familiar with, but we had no idea what Black Widow was doing. So this is an opportunity to tell her story, spend a lot of time with her, but not only fill in the gaps of what was she doing in that time before she appears with Steve Rogers and saves WandaVision, <laughs> as Wanda I call them. Vision. Yeah, as she saves like the two Benifer of them. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, before she rocks up and saves them. Um, but it also then serves to tell a bit of her backstory in terms of how did she get out of the Black Widow program, which has been alluded to. And you watch these Easter egg videos, man, and there's Loki talking to her in the first Avengers saying very specific things where you're going, all right. And then you're like, it's in Black Widow. Like The follow through that this series, this franchise has to be listing things from 10 years ago and then having it follow through all this time later. It's just so well done, so well written um, that this is, a lot of stuff's been alluded to. One thing that's been alluded to quite significantly from that first Avengers is Budapest um, because something went down with Black Widow and Hawkeye there. So we get that backstory as well. Is that where they like, you, let's do the thing and they're like, no, is that? Is that is yeah. That? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, you and I remember Budapest very differently. Um, so there's like, when she returns to Budapest, she gets a package. She's attacked by Taskmaster for this package and then follows it back to its source, which is in Budapest, where she returns to her apartment and runs into her sister, Yelena, who's played by Florence Pugh and is freaking brilliant in this film. She is the comedic relief amongst other people like Harbour as Red Guardian. She is obviously someone they're going to continue to use, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I haven't heard anything about Rachel Weisz yet. We'll Rachel Weisz, she's coming up. So, yeah, they, she returns to Budapest, reunites with her sister. They want to then find the Red Room and take down this Black Widow program once for all. This one man, I forget his name, starts with a K, the big bad who's actually mentioned in Avengers. He runs Karen. the Black Widow program. Um and they want to find the Red Room where all the Black Widows are trained because they're basically like agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're all over the world, but they're under his control. So they want to take it down. Um, and that's where we get the backstory of how she broke away from the Red Room to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. She has to kill this K guy and his daughter, but obviously they're both not dead and they still exist. And so that's why we have this Black program, Black Widow program that is basically got all these women under their control, which is not ideal. I'm not seeing anyone with the name of K. Ooh, I'll see it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> not Secretary Ross. Young Alina, yes. We do start with um, the young family because this is her adopted family, Rachel Weiss and David Harbour, not her biological family. There's That's brought up about who her parents are. Um Etc. Etc. I'm not seeing this old dude either. It's just a lot of chicks because of all these black widows. Yeah. Is it potentially like in order of appearance? Maybe. maybe. Except for the top one. I'll keep scrolling. Anyway, um, so yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved spending time with Black Widow, especially now we know her fate at the end of Endgame. Um, we get a very human story. Black Widow is not a superhero in that she doesn't have superpowers. She's not a god. 
She's not an Amazon. She's not um, produced in a lab. She is a trained spy and assassin from the Black Widow program, one of the most human characters other than Hawkeye. Um, within this, she doesn't have machinery and tech or a, a bodysuit like Iron Man. She's who she is. Plus, we get a lot of you know family themes at the core in her being reunited with David Harbour and Rachel Weiss as her adopted mum and dad there. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in this movie? Ah, yes. I'll get to that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lots of great action sequences. We get Taskmaster, who we haven't seen in a film before. I've seen that vigilante or villain in the Spider-Man um, games. Um, and then, just, yeah, we see this... Just quietly, yeah. on this IMDb thing... Mm. Uh, Red Guardian is discredited as Alexi. So whatever this K dude's name. Alexi is, yeah, yeah. I'm just his, saying yeah. it, it might just have his okay, government name opposed gotcha. to whatever this It's name. like Kira Croft or something like that. He's the big bad. He's mentioned in Avengers. He's the one who runs the Black Widow program. Is that him? Yes. It's Dave. I don't know how you say that. Derekov. It's, it's Drakov. Oh, Drakov. Drakov, because you need the Russian accent. Yeah. You know, it's big. It's Russian. Played by Ray Drakov. Winston of Sexy Beast fame. Great Sexy fucking Beast movie. Fame. So, yeah, Drakov is actually well and truly still alive um, and running the Red Room still. Got all these women under his control. So, they want to. Black Widow, so Natasha and Yelena work together to take down the Red Room and they need help from Red. They have to <laughs> rescue Red Guardian from. A prison which they alluded in the Easter eggs that might be the same prison that um, the big bad from Iron Man 3 with the long hair. What's his name, Michael? You mean Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. Whiplash. Whiplash. That might have been the same prison he was in at some point. My beard. My beard. And Red Garden was actually one of the first genetically modified dudes that was kind of essentially meant to be a Captain America of sorts. So he's got a lot of grudges and things to save throughout the film. Uh, but he's actually a villain in the comics that he is one of Captain America's biggest villains. Um, so it's, yeah, this weird family dynamic. Like one of the best scenes in the movie is them sitting at a dinner table and it just becomes, re- as I said before, that keyword that I liked about it was a very human film in that you've got like these supers sitting at a table. They've yep. got powers or they've got mm. these skill sets. They're a part of the Avengers. And, you know, as soon as Natasha sits down, Rachel Vice is like, stop slouching, sit up straight. Yeah, like, yeah. they're just going at each other I, like they're normal people. When I went and saw that horrible um, uh, family film, Fast and the Furious 9. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's mentioned in this. Like, family. Considering this film's about family, I'm surprised Toretto doesn't show up. Like, yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, there was the, a different Black Widow trailer, which didn't give anything really different. It just showed some different actions okay. and stuff. But they had the d- dinner table scene where they're kind of just palling around. And I'm like, I liked it. I liked it was a great it. Just, dynamic. Just a like, nice little family dynamic, you know, the father, mother, and the sisters and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Of course, so they're going to bicker. And, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it was directed by Kate Shortland. So she's actually Kate a Shortland, get the fuck out. I love female, her. I actually don't know who she is. She's actually a female director. Um, a name like Australian Kate. female director is what I was meant to say. Um, Where's she from? <laughs> Australia. No, but what part of Australia? Uh, New South Wales. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo. Um, yeah, and then we get, obviously, it's a funny little foreshadowing moment in it. Like she's in a trailer just on the run. She's got this guy that sort of sources her weapons and materials when she needs it and passports. And she picks up like a hair dye packet. It's blonde. And she's sort of contemplating. Hmm. Like you can see her thinking, maybe I need to change it up as mm-hmm. a part of being on the run. Nice foreshadow to obviously Infinity War when she 
rocks up with shorter blonde hair. Not a classic long red locks as we've seen since Iron Man 2. I like that when it comes to Endgame as well, she's just had a grown out. Yeah. She's so miserable. Correct. Yeah. She's yeah. the one who's sort of kept the Avengers afloat in a sense in between all of that. And she misses the her blip. power Clint and she's eating horrible peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Poor, mm-hmm. poor gap. So there's a lot of gaps filled in terms of Natasha Romanoff's backstory, Natasha Romanoff's story on the run between those two films, a bit more about Hawkeye and then... Obvious, uh, the end credit scene, am I saying what it is or? Yes, please, because I will definitely be, I would like to see this in the cinema. Thank you. I would, I'm okay with having some spoils because listen to how excited you are. Let's hear it. (laughs) So it cuts to, obviously, we find out that Black Widow's biological mother gave her up. Um, for drugs For, well, money, but then she actually fights to try and find her. But then, uh, however you say it's Russian, he kills her. Um, she doesn't know where he's buried, but she describes some tree and all of this. Anyway, it cuts to the end credits and Florence Pugh's character, Yelena, is still alive by the end of the film. She's going to visit Natasha Romanoff's grave. I was like, oh, don't do this to me. I know she's alive by the end of the film, but then it's obviously cutting to after Endgame and you're reminded of the fact that she's not with us anymore. And they have this whistle thing that they're like, and the other one will go, in response. Mm -hmm. And she whistles to the grave at one point and I actually stopped breathing and went, do not whistle back anyone. Like a lot of people have said this as well. They're expecting that and it would just cut out and that would have fucked with everyone Mm because what does that even mean? We know she's not alive. But this is when Julia Weiss Dreyfus character rocks up. Now remember, this was meant to be out a year ago before the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So since then, we've had the Falcon and the Winter Soldier come up and we've been introduced to this Valentina, whatever her name is, played by Julia Louise Dreyfus, who is essentially, she's not good, but she's definitely... She's just a government person. Yeah, she's like a vigilante, so you don't know if she's good or bad. And she's trying to recruit people. Now, she comes to the grave, sees Yelena and says, I've got a job for you, take down the man that killed your sister and hands her a photo of Hawkeye. So she's trying to divert the blame, even though we know Natasha sacrificed herself for the greater good. Um, she's trying to say that Hawkeye killed her. So that's going to link into the Hawkeye TV series that starts next month in August on Disney Plus, um, because now they can use this Yelena slash Black Widow type character to avenge her sister's death. But they're also saying that because of her recruiting in Winter Soldier, she recruits. Um, I forget the character's name, but he's the new Captain America, but he has another name. She's recruited him in Winter Soldier because he's not a good guy. And now she's trying to recruit Yelena. They're saying that they're going to get a Thunderbolts or a Dark Avengers. Now, Dark Avengers I've heard before, but I've never heard of Thunderbolts. Basically, they're uh, so from the comics I've yep. read. They're uh, uh, Barney Ross, yep. General Ross, whatever his, his title is now. Mm. I think he's a politician. He gets bad dudes, and it's essentially like Suicide Squad, but not. Yep. So okay, cool. Yeah, it's not like oh, we'll sh- shave stuff off your term. They're basically just a, like a special forces team, okay. essentially, but not necessarily <laughs> good or evil. No, of... they're bad dudes. Okay, they're but bad. They come together for like you know common cause, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's usually the dynamic is they don't get along, and they're someone's always always trying to undercut somebody. Okay. And shit. Yeah. So basically they're setting up Yelena to probably appear in the Hawkeye show and to maybe part be part of this Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts, whatever they're sort of alluding to here. 
few of the reviews I've watched or the Easter egg video I watched have said this is definitely what they're setting up. One reviewer didn't like the film and was like, oh, this is just, this could have been a better storyline. I'm like, but think about where this is in the timeline. This is perfect. It's filling in all these gaps, Mm -hmm. giving us the backstories of Budapest and the bread room. I don't know what your problem is. It, we can't control the fact it didn't come out before Endgame, that Captain Marvel came out first. This is it is what it is. We have to sec- accept that. Um, and he said, oh, it's just setting up things for the future. I go, what? Because of an end credit scene? Of course we know that some characters can continue on in the universe. No matter what film they're in, they could appear just like this Julia Louise Dreyfus character fucking rocks up in mm. these end credits. We're not expecting that. They could do that any time. And it's funny because obviously Winter Soldier then has been out before Black Widow, so we know who she is going... <gasps> God, here she is again recruiting someone who's not good, not bad, could go either way. Um, But they were obviously going to have that end credit scene before Winter Soldier aired and no one was going to know who that was. And they would just assume, oh, okay, well, she's just someone who's trying to corrupt Yelena or get her on her side. And they they figured it works either way, whether you know who she is or not. Can we comfortably say Flo Flo is the new Black Widow? Um, I don't... Because there are Black Widows actually all over the world. Yeah, but as in a part of Um, MCU's franchise player. Like, so if they do Avengers Assemble, she'll be... I don't know if she'll be... I don't know if they're trying to replace Black Widow. I'm not saying replace, but we've got... the. They She's keep talking about that in terms of kid who was in Iron Man 3 is going to be the next oh. Iron Man. Because oh, he was okay. at the funeral of Tony Stark. Yes, that's right. Yep. And it was I love like, you 3000, whatever it is, yeah. No, 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 no. The kid from oh. Iron Man 3. Oh, I can't remember him. It's been yeah. a long time. He's at the funeral standing there being a teenager. Right. And the same with how Sam is essentially Captain America now, right? He's got the shield. Yeah, he does. So yeah. He only sort of gets that in the last episode. Which so, I yeah, think. she could very well be like, yeah, as you're saying, come through as this next Black Widow, if you will. Like how I assume Jane Foster is going to be the next Thor. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Thor though, girl. Even though Thor's going to still be Thor, but he hasn't got his hammer anymore. He's Stormbreaker. Yeah. Um, so all in all, I, I really enjoyed this film and I asked Tim, I said, Tim, my <laughs> MJK would like my honest opinion. This is my honest opinion, whether he believes me or not. But what did you think of it? He goes, nah, it was really good. Finally, a competent storyline. Because we were talking about that after Fast 9. Yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah. when's the last time we went to the movies and actually saw something good? We're like, we went through the last... We saw, like, you know, your Monster Hunter and Godzilla vs. Kong and all these new Hollywood-type films. Yeah. And we hadn't actually seen something. Tim's like, latest great thing I saw was Sonic. <laughs> and like, yeah. that's saying something. Um, so he agreed as well. Combinant storyline, a lot of fun. He didn't really know much about Florence Pugh going in. I'm like, oh, she was brilliant in Little Women. She was Oscar nominated. She dates Zach Braff from Scrubs fame. Um, he wouldn't have seen Fighting With My uh, Family either, would he? No, no. That's a good movie. That's have a great it? movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. And she's in that. Love her. And she's so good in this in this film. I really, really like her. So um, all in all, I absolutely loved it. I loved having a Black Widow film. It made Wonder Woman 1984 look like a Power Rangers film from the 90s, so that's saying something. Um, and it's really, really exciting to see where this is going to go. I'm definitely – I'm watching Loki at the moment, but I'm only – excuse you and I are only three episodes in out of six or so a bit behind. Is that sucking you in? Uh, it's sucking in a little bits, but apparently Eps 4 and 5 are ridiculously good. I've heard that from four or five different people now, so I'm really keen to get to that, hopefully Friday night with Scusi. Um, but probably was looking forward to Hawkeye more than more than the last two. Because um, of the daughter dynamic? Yeah, she's going to be quite interesting, um, Hayley Steinfeld's character. And then Tim's going to lend me his Hawkeye comics. He said they're brilliant, um, the backstory and the daughter's in that a lot. So 
that'll be interesting to watch. So I would love for you all to go see it. You can purchase it on Disney Plus for $34.99 at the moment. So it's actually cheaper to go to the movies. And as of October 6th, it will be accessible to everyone for free with obviously a Disney Plus subscription. So keep it posted on that. But if you can go see it in the cinema, you won't regret it. Big fun action on the big screen. Welcome back, All right, MCU. here come the questions, <gasps> Jade. See oh, man, so much pressure. Dragged on for nine minutes. All I really want to know is... <laughs> what were your favourite part was? Okay, well... Because, again, there were bits that weren't in the trailer, thank God. So the tension between Red Guardian and Rachel Weisz is very, very funny because she's like, you got the fat, but I still like it. <laughs> like, she's <laughs> really, really attracted to him. And you don't... There's a few twists and turns in it, but there's this one bit and you don't see it in the trailer... <laughs> And obviously Florence, Rachel and David all have Russian accents, but um, Natasha growing up more in America um, doesn't. And she's just, there's this bit where they're just talking about um, the Avengers. Like it's so cool. They mention, you're not as strong as Thor. How do you, how do you fit in with the Avengers? Like Mm. she's just really critiquing her own sister here because they've drifted apart and haven't seen each other in years. And she's like, why do you do this? And she's on the floor and she's like, you always land like this. <laughs> you flip your head. And she's going like this. And just the physical comedy of it matched with the, the Russian accent and the fact that she's just giving her sister shit, which is mm. that human family quality thing I love throughout it. It was so unexpected and so hilarious because it wasn't in the trailer. And then there's one point a bit later in the film and Yelena does land. but she Because it's such a big fall, she does land like that. She sort of moves her head back a little bit. She goes, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cussing herself Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Um, and I did like seeing Taskmaster. I didn't realize Taskmaster Master could mimic all of the Avengers' moves. So when he's fighting Natasha, he's like a mirror of her. He knows what move she's about to do, and um, can react at the same time as her. And then there's bits where he does a Black Panther move, and there's bit where he does shots with an arrow like Hawkeye. Um, so that was kind of cool to see that sort of the semi big bad because the real big bad is this Drakov character. So, yeah, there were lots of little highlights, actually. And I was very scared at the end credits what they were going to do at the gravesite, but they didn't go too far, thank God. Righteous. Righteous, and I would give it a 10 out of 10, bitches. But, okay, Dib. I don't know why. <laughs> so I, loved it. I was going to say a 9 just to not be too generous. You're fucking cooked. All right, nah, good. 9 well, out of 10. That's actually piqued my interest to see it, but I'll have to go in thinking it's a 6 out of 10. Oh, 100%. Just because I know you... you Pretty much on crack right now. <laughs> you know it. Mama finally got her medicine. I say I'll be there, giving you everything. I don't know why that just reminded me of that. <laughs> oh God. So that uh, we're coming to the conclusion of another great episode of not another not another podcast. So Jay, what are you what are you looking forward to? What are you you got anything coming up? You're going to be watching this week? What's up? What's up? Um, I've almost finished the latest and final season of Atypical on Netflix. So I've only got two apps to go, so I'm going to do that tonight. And it took me about a week to track down Zack Snyder's Justice League on 4K. So I've since gotten that. It's just trying to work out if I've actually got time. <laughs> the four-hour block. Yeah, it's for just, the four-hour block. So mm-hmm. if I can fit it in, I will because I still haven't seen that. 
Right. What about you? Um, I'd like to also track down the Justice League because I actually you're gonna get it on Blu-ray. Won't I haven't you? bought any Blu-rays in like a, a, a minute, son. Last thing I bought from JB Hi-Fi was the wire box set months or so ago, and I haven't bought any Blu-rays in quite a long time. Damn. So yeah, I need to get down there. And nice. Do that. Um, I'm hoping I'll hit up the movies next Monday. So hopefully see a Black Vida. Yeah, nice. Awesome. No, no guarantees. We're not locking anything in here, right? Yeah. That's not how we do it here. No, no, Bit of spontaneity, you know? Yeah. Mix it up. Yeah. Got nothing else. That's it. Yeah. So we might as well piss off and... Uh, See you, you next s- time. You got to get some printing done down at the store, so... Yeah. And the sun's come out. We'll take the old mags for a walk. Yeah. Give her a pat. Tell her, tell her she's good. And uh, keep it real, Kip Crew. Represent. We'll see you next time. Oh, f- shit. I'm going to see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to not another podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. All one word, not another podcast with two T's. Or check us out on Twitter, Tweets by Nap. Wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night.